Sometimes I don't know what to do with you, Anthony. It's hour two of the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. We are streaming live on YouTube as well at the Team 980. Uh, YouTube, an important place for this show. Not only do we post our clips and highlights there, but we also... Uh, take some of your comments and read them on the air, a segment we call Never Read the Comments, and that happens at 5.30 on Wednesdays. Oh, look, that's 25 minutes from right now. Good one coming up then. Uh, right now, though, time for Take Command. Logan Paulson is not a man who likes to be definitive. He is he is someone who lives in the gray area, the minutia, uh, even more than me. I, I feel like the, the, the hardliner on that show sometimes because Logan likes to keep all his options open. But... As we finished up our post-game pod on Sunday, he was ready to say, Sam Howell, back up. Uh, that's where he is right now. Not the guy the commander should be thinking about building around in 2024. So on our tape review pod, we dove into the why. And here is that conversation. We do dive into the tape. And that's going to put Sam Howe in focus. But before we, we get specific to this game, Logan, I think it'd be good to zoom out a little bit um, in, in looking at the comments and such of our instant reaction show. It does seem that uh, some folks, this is going to sound harsh, but some folks don't understand the time continuum. They don't understand uh, how time works and that as it goes, you get more data and more information and right. that should change how uh, you view things and i will say that is something that different sectors of society value differently some people are like once you have an opinion you must stick to it despite all available information skip bayless has made a career out of saying that lebron james is just not that good at basketball all right man you gotta do what you gotta do you know? good for hey it's been great for his wallet um his integrity his uh you know intelligent people thinking that he's actually intelligent and worth listening to maybe different story but that dude has made a lot of money, so I guess good for him. I prefer people who are uh, willing to, to take things as they come, willing to admit they don't necessarily know things along the way, and, and then ultimately you know, make decision when there's enough data and, and still be willing to change if more data emerges that, that pushes something different. That's a very highfalutin language to say, we have been pretty consistent all year saying like, hey, Sam is here now, but mm. there's a long way to go. We need to see more. After yeah. the game on Sunday, you were more definitive than I think you have been at any point where you're just like, hey, this kind of cements Sam Howell as a backup in my mind. Yeah. Why Why now for being that level of definitive? And, and how do you kind of explain your thought process throughout the year as an evaluator? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's this really interesting. It, talent evaluation is always interesting, you know, and I think it's it's really hard with the quarterback position specifically and especially young quarterback. And when you're looking at Sam, I think he does some stuff that's high, like high level. Like, and I think when you look early in the year and we talked about this a lot, when he's hitting all these big time throws and he's elevating the offense and his ability to extend plays and you're like, there is something here. <clears throat> there is a talent, there's an ability, there's a physical skill set that gets excited and the moment doesn't seem too big for him. And it seems like he's got it right. But you want to see how that goes, right? Because any anytime you're doing statistics, the more data you can gather, the better, right? So earlier in the year, you're not playing against the best defenses of all time. You're kind of working through some some stuff where he'd play a good defense, he'd look like he'd regressed, and he'd come back the next week and play a little bit better. And then now, I, I think, you know, I, I have a rule of thumb. Like, if you can get seven games of evaluation on a quarterback, like, it takes it basically takes seven games for the defense to understand what a quarterback is. And I feel like kind of right around that seven game mark, like that's when Sam really started 
hitting the skids a little bit, having a really hard time in terms of what was going on. I go back to that Cowboys game. I know statistically he was very productive, but I think you kind of felt that the moment was was starting to get too big for him. And then he goes on a little bit of a slide. I think you could even go back to the second New York Giants game, like just didn't really settle in. I'm trying to look up his stats right now for that game specifically. But um, then you get Miami struggled again. He did some good things, but extending plays, working off schedule, you can't live in that. You can't live doing that. And then, you know, each going out to L.A., struggled there, right? The game against the 49ers, I think he struggled there again, too. And it's the same kind of issues popping up. And so the more and, and during this time period, I've watched more quarterbacks. I've watched Tua. I watch uh, Stafford. I watch, um, you know, Brock Purdy. And you see kind of how the 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 throws that they are making the tight windows that they're maximizing the anticipation that they're using and you're like sam does not do these things like i don't want to say at all but it's very 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 rare to see them and those things those skill sets are very hard to develop and so when he's making the big time throws when he's extending and and making plays and that elevate the offense you say okay you can live with that But when that stops and when that dries up, you see what the offense and this team becomes. And that's just not a tenable solution long term. Because I think, you know, we mentioned uh, O'Connell, the kid in Las Vegas. Like he'll have games where you're like, wow, look at this big time throw. Look at this. And then he'll have games where he throws four picks. And I think it's emphatic that he's not a starter in the NFL. Like he's a good backup quarterback, right? He's not a guy you can build around. Browning in Cincinnati had three or four games where he looked amazing then comes back to earth. Like that's that's the nature of a backup quarterback in the NFL is they can give you something high level for a short period of time, but when it gets tight, when when uh, when the situation gets hot, they don't have it. And I understand. I can hear everyone now. He's a young football player. But with the regime change imminent, they he has not shown you enough to be like, we can build around him the way that uh, Philadelphia built around Jalen Hurts, for example. And I think that that's the thing. That's what I come back to is like, maybe if Ron was here for another year, you could say, okay, he can develop, he can grow. There's a staff that trusts and understand what he's doing, but that's not the case here. And I think they're going to, they're going to make a decision um, again for the franchise in terms of finding a guy that they believe they can handle the responsibilities of that position long-term. So a couple of different things. I think one, the most important thing you said there for like understanding purposes is what a backup is, which is not someone who can't play. Right. Like backup quarterbacks in the NFL are really good um, relative to guys who are like non-league players, right? Like occasionally you get a guy who comes in and you're like, that dude is not an NFL player. And (laughs) it doesn't happen often at the quarterback position due to the nature of it. Like typically the starter plays the whole year. If you get one injury, okay. Sometimes you get down to the fourth guy and or third guy. And even then, like, you know, Tommy DeVito's fine for a couple of weeks. Um, but eventually you're like, Nope, that dude is not an NFL starter. Um, but every, every, you know, two or three times a year, maybe you get a guy who gets called up and you're just like, Nope, not an NFL player. And that's when you see like the difference in that and a backup. Um, Maybe the ultimate example of this, we were trying to think of this before the show, um, and we we threw out a bunch of different guys who were like kind of backups that have done, you know, if they play a whole season, like you can maybe win eight games with them even. Right. You know, Jameis Winston's kind of the high-end version of that where he has the 30 touchdown, 30 pick uh, year in Tampa, but then he has, a, he has a great fit with Sean Payton and they have a really great year in New Orleans. And, you know, could Sam be that? In the same way that like Baker's having a great right. year 
down in Tampa, but like still his great year is eight wins. The ultimate example to me, and I'm curious what you think of this, is Nick Foles. Like Nick Foles won a Super Bowl, right? right? Nick Foles won a freaking Super Bowl because he got hot at the right time. Exactly. In the right system with the right guys around him. And so, yes, you can win with a quote-unquote backup quarterback, but then you see a couple other teams try to build around Nick Foles and it doesn't work and he's out of the league. Um, And so I think that's, that's kind of what we're saying here is like, a true starting quarterback that you feel good about is a guy that will give you, uh, it's not It's not about how good is your good, it's about how consistently can you produce it. And I think where we are at right now with Sam Howell is we don't have a trust that week in, week out against any opponent, you can trust him. Right now, his performance is correlated to how good the defense he is playing against is. And if yep. it's a good defense, he's going to have a mediocre to bad performance. And if it's a bad defense, he can probably light him up for 300 yards. But that's not an NFL starter. Now, yeah. it's worth pointing out, Sam is young. He's 23. Um, this is his second system in two years, his first year in this system. Um, he works his butt off. He's got great character. Yeah. And I think those are the things that earlier in the year when we talk about why, I mean, I said on the radio multiple times, like I would bet on Sam Howell being the guy moving forward. Like I don't, yeah. I, I think that he's going to be the guy. And I think what happened was I looked at the character. I looked at the mental makeup. Me too. I looked at the maturity. I looked at the big time plays he made. And I go, that stuff you can't coach. I think the other stuff, the timing, the rhythm, the footwork is stuff that you can coach. And well, I, I still think that's true to an extent. It is really hard to get that stuff. Like it's kind of innate in a lot of levels. Um, and he, he just hasn't improved in those areas. So you're projecting saying the good is going to stay good. The bad is going to get better. And if the bad doesn't get better, well, that changes the projection. And now with yeah. a year's worth of starts under his belt, he got 17 the Dallas game last year, 16 this year, I think we're at a point where you go, okay, at the very least right now, this dude's a backup, someone who can play well on any given weekend, but is, is not to be trusted long-term. Um, but he's more than likely based off of who he's been his entire career, not just in the pros, but in college, what the, the scouting report is. And maybe this is confirmation bias, but the stuff that you had worries about, the stuff that made him a fifth round pick and save your comments about how he was the number one guy before his, you know, his final right. year at Carolina. He was a fifth round pick. That's where the league said that he was. Anybody could have gotten him in the first four rounds. And, you know, that stuff hasn't improved to a level to, to kind of change his long-term prognosis. I think he can be a very good backup. Um, and I think that if we lived in an alternate universe where you could give him two years to continue to develop... Could he be a, a starter, middle of the pack, you know, type of starter? Probably. But if you can go get Caleb Williams, Jalen Daniels, Drake May, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, whoever it is that you wind up liking at the number two pick or if you want to trade down, whatever, why would you wait on that? And that's kind of the way the league operates now. Yeah. I think Geno Smith is a perfect case study for that. You know, he came yeah. out, showed some ability early in his career, had to go to the bench. They drafted, I think, Mark Sanchez afterwards, right? Very high. And then, uh, or I whatever think the that order is, backwards on that. Yeah, yeah they, whatever. They, but they 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 yeah. moved on. Whatever it was, they moved on yeah. from him. He sits for a couple of years and gets an opportunity um, in Seattle. And I and I definitely think that's in, that that's on the table for him. But I think it just again the stuff that's very raw was raw in college is like the the anticipation, the accuracy, the um again the ability to operate in the timing of the offense is something else that shows up all the time with him. And the young quarterbacks have a hard time with it. And this is something that I think is 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 really an interesting thought experiment about like being able to sit a quarterback for a couple of years like i look at mahomes and how successful he was like it's it's an important variable if you're gonna like 
develop that guy. Like you just need to give them time and opportunity. And obviously Sam didn't get that. And people can talk about, you know, is it fair? Is it fair that the situation Sam was put in? And it's not, but ultimately like, this is how it goes. Like I remember having a conversation with Rex Grossman about kind of how he stumbled early in his career. And then it took so long for him get to get back to have the starting opportunity. And he's like, was it fair? No, but like, that's just how the league is. Like you need some level of certainty and you also need some level of investment from the organization. So I always think like if he was a first round pick, maybe you sit in with him, you say, okay, we got to make it work. Like we've made this investment in him kind of like they did with Dwayne, you know, like it was very clear early. Dwayne was struggling with some stuff, but he's a first round pick. So they gave him more opportunities. Same thing with Robert. Robert obviously had that tremendous year, but when the struggles came, they were invested in him. And I think being a fifth round pick, just they're not financially or there's no draft capital in him. So now the new franchise draft a guy and then you're tied to that guy for a couple of years and it might not be the right fit. It might not be the right. I'm not saying they're going to hit on the pick. Ideally, you'd want that. But it's just it's the logistics and the business side of the NFL, I think, at play here also in terms of Sam and his development, what he's shown this year, because like earlier in the year, like he was going to have to play very, very well in order for them to kind of say, oh, we can build around him in 2024. But, um, and he showed flashes of that, but I, you know, I'm just looking at this sheet here, right? Like he played against Philly twice and they're, uh, you know, they're struggling defensively. They've struggled the whole year, but the yeah. second you play the bills, you play the giants and you play the bears, like defenses that are a little bit more consistent, the giants, again, the commanders, uh, the, uh, excuse me, the, the Cowboys, the Rams, the jets and the 49ers, he has a grade below 50 in all those games, all of them. Right. And so it, to me, that makes a lot of sense that he's not, again, as much as the good was good, the bad was also very bad. And I think you kind of settle on this thing where he's kind of in the middle someplace. And that's kind of, uh, to your point, Craig, like it's not saying he's a bad football player. It's not saying he's a bad guy. It's not saying he doesn't have the the skills and the ability to do something special down the road, but he's not there right now. And the organization's not going to invest in it. And I think that's another thing fans understand. Like there's a lot of really good football players in the league who just didn't hit for him at the right time. And I think that's kind of what we're looking at with Sam, unfortunately for Sam. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's really well put. I mean, at the end of the day, this is a young kid who's worked really hard, has been given a test that we have outlined um, ad nauseum is way too hard for him to reasonably pass. He has continued to, to be an amazing teammate throughout. I mean, I, that is one thing that I will say on the positive side for Sam is like his teammates love him yeah. and like the O-line who he has made look bad at times and has taken a lot of heat because of the way he plays loves that kid. And I think there's something to say for that, um, which it, what might be said is like, you can trust him to be your backup. He's not going to sabotage. He's not going to be a bad soldier in the, in the whatever, like he's, he's someone you can trust and he's going to go out and support whoever his, his in the quarterback room with him next year. If that's Caleb Williams or Drake may or, or whoever. Um, and that's, that's great. That speaks highly of Sam as a, as a human being. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't mean that he's the guy that you should build around. At the same token, I will say this last thing real quick before we get into the, the actual tape from Sunday. If they decide they don't really like any of these quarterbacks, if, if the new regime gets in and goes, I just, we can't, we can't pass up on Olu Fashanu or Marvin Harrison or Joe Alt or whoever, because I think that guy's going, the non-quarterback is going to go to the Hall of Fame. And I don't think this this guy we're going to draft is going to be any better than Sam Howell. You could start with Sam Howell and right. not be dead in the water. Like you can have the bridge guy. 
uh, like other organizations have done and and hope that you know you build up a good enough roster and this is again a project we're going to embark on this off season is like look at how some of the best organizations have built it and you could probably be somewhat competitive next year um depending on how good your coaching is and a bunch of how well you do in the rest of the draft and free agency and all of that um but well, you, if, if you're talking about like a viable chance to build a long-term contender which is josh harris's stated goal like you're eventually going to need to do something about the position. Well, also, I just think it's, it goes back to this conversation we've had at nauseum. And I, like, you know, when Jared Goff left LA, I think a lot of people thought he was cooked and he was the bridge guy, but he got in a system with a coordinator with skill position guys and an offensive line and a defense that elevated him. And I think like there are, there is a world, there is a situation where you say, Hey, we get, I don't know, we get a left tackle, you know, we're able to move or a right tackle, we're able to move Wiley into guard. And all of a sudden the offensive line looks really dynamic. You get guys who are competitive and physical at three of four spots or three of five spots. And you say, oh, well, we can draft a receiver in the second round. We've got two second round picks and you kind of build that up. You say, oh, we get a corner in the second round with that second pick. You're like, okay, all of a sudden there's something going on here that you feel pretty good about. And I you again fill out I go, a lot of stuff with your eighty million dollars of cap space. Right. You you go find you go sign a pass rusher that you feel good about, right? And and I look at Philly and when when again Jalen Hurts was there, or I look at San Francisco when Brock Purdy came in, like they were system quarterbacks that everyone thought was going to be a bridge, but the system and the personnel around them elevated. And it allowed them, like I think Joe Flacco is another great example of this. Shoot, Russell Wilson's a great example of this. Yeah. Great defense, great rushing attacks. It lets you sit and kind of chill for a year or two as a quarterback. And then all yeah. of a sudden the paradigm shifts at the position and you say, oh, like he's developed, he's grown up. He's all the stuff we talked about in the take five in terms of adding information to the CPU. Instead of doing it 50 times every game over the course of like your rookie season, essentially, it's like we've brought that way down. We're going to let you learn and let you develop and then once you're kind of more established, like look at Brock Purdy last year to this year. Last year, definitively a system quarterback. This year, elevating that offense. And I think there that is something that can definitely, I, I think can definitely happen with Sam. I think it happened with a lot of guys. Yeah, but that's the best just, case scenario. It takes a lot. It takes a, It's going to take a lot. And you, so what did we just talk about there? Getting more play, more playmakers. Getting a better, a, a more, I don't want to say a better system because I think the system's fine. I think EB is a smart guy. But something that again is going to deleverage him, improving the defense, like it just becomes a little bit more complicated, as opposed to finding Joe Burrow, where you have maybe the worst O line in football as a rookie, but you get uh, the Chase in his second year, Jamar Chase in his second year, and all of a sudden it's one of the most explosive offenses in football. Like that's the the stepping stones there are much shorter and it's much more direct. I think it's harder to find that one guy. But again, that's kind of what we're talking about here from a team building standpoint. So I think you bring up a great point. Like maybe maybe the kid, Drake May, is not the guy. Maybe they don't love him. Maybe he botches an interview. Maybe whatever. It's it's not good. And they can't trade up to get the number one pick And because Caleb Williams is their guy. Take an offensive lineman. Maybe you take a quarterback in the second round. Whatever it is. But yeah. there are many ways to build this team. And I think this is, a in some ways, an endorsement of Sam. I think he's talented enough to do some of the things we're talking about in terms of being this bridge guy that could develop, but there's a lot of pieces that need to fall in place in order for that to happen. Yeah. There, I, I think what we can definitively say after watching this game and kind of the, you know, watching the entire season is like, 
that's that's the best case scenario for him. Um, this is not someone where you walk into the offseason going, we're set at quarterback. And that's right. kind of, I think, what we mean by cemented as a backup or a bridge guy or whatever, whatever term you want to use for that. So that is just part of our conversation about Sam Howell on Take Command. We also talked about the defense on the show as well and the Emmanuel Forbes conundrum that the commanders are in, uh, or really that Ron Rivera put them in. Uh, so make sure you check out Take Command anywhere you get your podcast. When we get back, it is time for Never Read the Comments. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. It's Wednesday. I almost said it was Friday. It's not. It's 5.30. It's Wednesday. Uh, coming up at 6 o'clock, Mitch Tischler will join us. Of course, Beltway Football Podcast uh, with J.B. Finley. Uh, Mitch, uh, so good on all things commanders, always locked in, always has a nice little tidbit of information hidden somewhere in his answers that you're like, wait a second, hold on. Let's circle back to that. Um, so Mitch will join us, and then Dave Johnson will join us because it is a Wizards game day. Uh, real things coming up at the end of the show as well. But 5.30 on a Wednesday means, Anthony, it is time to read them comments. It's time to read those comments, baby. We tried to warn them. They didn't listen. Every week, the Hoffman Show goes into the belly of the beast. We read those comments, baby. Never read the comments. All right, every Wednesday at 5.30, we dive into the YouTube comments at Craig Hoffman at the Team 980, where uh, we post clips of the show. If you're not subscribed, our goal is to get the Team 980's account to 1,000 followers by the Super Bowl. So we got about a month to do it. We need a little under 200. So if you haven't uh, subscribed there, please, by all means, do so. We stream our entire show live there every day exclusively on the video side. And of course, we post the highlights there and on my page at Craig Hoffman. All right, Anthony, it has been a, uh, a doozy of a week for comments because people just have such strong opinions on things. Um, that are polar opposites, which I think is pretty interesting. Like, it seems like half the comments, like we, Logan and I, uh, and on this show, obviously, because my opinion doesn't change from Take Command to the Hoffman Show, I just express it, you know, into the same microphone often, uh, or the one in the studio versus the one at home. Point is, I, you know, we're like, hey, this is who Sam is. He's a high-end backup. He's a guy you could win games with, but not a guy you should rely on necessarily. Probably best to move on in 2024. And then the comments are on the polar extremes of those two things. The comments are either Sam is and always has been terrible. He sucks. He's irredeemable. And you should uh, feel shame for ever thinking that he could be good. Or Sam Howell is actually God's gift to quarterbacking. And if all he needs is a little bit more time to develop and a better play caller, a better defense, and a better everything around him. I find that hilarious because people react that way watching the same videos, listening to the same conversation. Um, so it is a lot of just people hearing what they want to hear, et cetera, et cetera. Um, also, I will say this before we dive into the comments themselves. People have started doing this weird thing on videos where they like, they'll be like, bro. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, 
who are you talking to? Because that comment doesn't make sense with this video. And they'd be like, I'm just kidding. It's my take. And I'm like, do you understand how YouTube works? Like who just goes to YouTube and uses it as a mess as, as their journal, as their diary. So I'm going to, I'm going to politely ask if you're doing that, don't for your own good, just go buy a diary. They have like probably new fancy ones that are for a year. I'm just, you know, just trying to help you out. All right. To the comments themselves, starting with Brian Mulholland, who came at me strong. Brian Mulholland, uh, 2467, uh, who says, I find it a bit disingenuous for Craig to act like he was in the withhold judgment camp when he was doing segments calling Howell a top 10 QB and asking what more people needed to see earlier in the year. If you want to be a hot take artist, don't assume people won't remember. The problem with that positivity and with the current negativity is sample size. Sam's a young quarterback. He did, in fact, improve his game in multiple ways during the season. What he's going through now could just be the ups and downs of an inexperienced QB, or it could be that this is who he is. We only get 17 games of sample size for incoming regime, uh, for the incoming regime to make a decision on. I wish it was more, but it's not. Ultimately, Craig is right with what Sam did in his 17-game sample. wasn't good enough to pass on a QB in the draft. If you have a shot at someone, the new regime loves. Um, I think Brian's comment uh, on my disingenuousness is uh, not reflective of what actually happened this season. I, I think we tried to. And Anthony, you tell me if, if I'm just trying to be too kind to myself in hindsight here. But I feel like we made a real effort to say this is where it is right now. This is the direction it's trending. But all decision, all sales are not final. Right? Like... It was something where I said, hey, I, you know, I don't know what more people want to see from Sam other than more of this. And sometimes that was it. It's like, hey, he's doing all the right things. He's just got to keep doing it. Then he didn't. And that that trajectory, that progression versus regression versus neutral state is the whole thing. So it's not it's not one like, I, I don't know if you, you want to if you get off calling me a hot take artist, like you just don't listen to the show. Like I just I strive so hard not to be. I really, anytime I feel like I'm, and there are times that before the show, I'll fire off some spicy take to Anthony and then we'll start talking about it and I'll mellow it down because like, I don't want to bring that to the air. I'm, I try to be extraordinarily responsible with what I say into these microphones. So like, that's just, that's a personal whatever, but I really do think we did as good of a job as anybody of trying to do the exact opposite. So if I failed, like I'll, I own it, I'm sorry. But like, we really did try to say like, hey, these are this is trending the right direction until the moment that it wasn't. And then we said that too. Yeah, I think you were pretty consistent just all year to be honest, just saying like we need a, a larger sample size of Sam Howe's games uh, in order to, you know, fully evaluate, you know, who he is as a player. And, you know, everybody, you know, was jumping the gun and saying, you know, he's our franchise QB, John Allen, Ron Rivera. Everybody's backing him up. And I think we don't – I don't think we really fell into that trap. We just wanted to see more. And that's pretty much what the rest of the season was geared towards. Is sure. Sam our QB one of, you know, of the future kind of thing? And he sort of kind of went about answering it for us. Yeah, my, my, my thought process all along is like, we don't know what we don't know. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is like, we didn't know how he would do after he got past like seven games worth of tape for the defenses had on him. The answer was not good. 
And part of that was certainly the circumstances. And I, look, I do feel like, and I'm not saying this just to toot my own horn. I'm just saying, like, if you think I'm the hot take guy, like, I was before everyone else saying that the, the way they were playing was a problem. Like, other people were, were buying into the Rivera, Biennemi, like, this is good for his development. I was like, no, this is terrible for his development. And people were like, oh, well, this is just the way EB is. He knows what he's doing. I'm like, I don't doubt that EB is really smart, but this is a bad idea. And, like, I I just, I now everyone's parroting my point back to me. Like, I wasn't the one who said it first. And, again, like, I, I, I'm going to stop right there because I don't, I'm already, like, sweating uncomfortable because I've now made this about me. Um as opposed to about the subject matter at hand. The, the point is, like, it takes... Logan said it in, in Take Command. It's seven games worth of tape is kind of his threshold for do how do defenses react because now they've got tape on you. And once they had the tape, the answer was not good. The circumstances certainly could have been better. I like a lot about Sam, but we're at a point in the timeline, realistically, where I think it would be... It can't be option A. It's not... You're not dead if he's a bridge guy for you next year. And maybe maybe he does turn into Jalen Hurts where or Brock Purdy even to an extent where those guys were like, they showed just something, but like you weren't like, this is definitely our long-term plan. And they got another year because of circumstances. In Brock Purdy's case, they won a ton of games. Um, and they saw some stuff that was encouraging and kind of the way the timeline worked out. Um, he only had to play eight games. Um, and then he got hurt in the playoffs and there wasn't that chance for a, a first season regression. And in Jalen's case, like they had invested a second round pick in the guy. So like he was worth them continuing down that road on. And then lo and behold, like there was a, a huge leap uh, multiple years into their careers. And maybe if Sam, if, if the draft falls in a way that Sam winds up being a bridge guy for you next year, then or something wacky happens you draft your your quarterback that guy gets hurt in the spring and all of a sudden sam's the bridge guy um to what you think is your young quarterback starting in year two um and sam is incredible that could maybe that happens i don't think that's impossible but you have to make the best decision you can based off of the evidence that's available now and that evidence to me is pretty clear that you should pursue a quarterback in the draft, whether it's at the second pick or later in the first round with a trade back or whatever it may be. All right. Continuing on with the comments, uh, Andrew Thomas, 3478 says, I pull for Hal. He's a great kid and tough as nails. And the arm talent is real. The situational stuff is real. Rescheme, O-line, etc. The reality is that he does have glaring deficiencies that he's had since college. What we have seen is regression to his mean. People like to quote Manning's rookie year, etc. That's fine, but Manning was a number one pick, and you also saw progression throughout the year. Not regression. Regression is bad, especially with the young QB. Good take, Craig. Uh, I think actually it's a W take. I'm guessing that's a winning take. Uh, the future is bright. New GM, top five or new GM, five top 100 picks in a loaded draft. 120 million dollars in cap space if you restructure some contracts and a loaded free agency. Ben Johnson or Frank Smith or Bobby Slowick dialing it up. Let's go. Like, yeah, that's the point is you have to be, you know, wary of confirmation bias, but you also can't ignore when you think something is true and then it happens. And so if the deficiencies in Sam's game, his ability to avoid pressure in a way that's productive, his inability to read the middle of the field, his accuracy stuff, you know, some decision making qualms, uh, throwing with anticipation, which is a must in the NFL. If those things don't improve, 
you don't get to continue to, you know, have that opportunity to grow. It's just the reality of it. And that's what we saw in the back half of the season from Sam Howell. I really like that phrase in Andrew's comment, a regression to his mean. Uh, quadruple dubs says having filmed a study against makes a huge difference, especially when the player isn't great. In my opinion, that's exactly what happened with Hal. I still think Sam's better than his draft position, but there's no way a brand new staff is going to roll the dice on a guy that's graded as a fifth round talent, especially with the number two pick. I think it's worth pointing out that like before the benching games, when we had Matt Miller on take command, he was, and he loves Jaden Daniels, thinks he's a top five pick was like, I would stick with Hal. But I think what you saw in those games is like what happens when elite defenses have film on Sam at this stage in his career. And it's benchable bad. And you just can't live like that. And that puts him... I, do I think Sam is better than, like, Nick Mullins? Sure. But, like, that's the Nick Mullins thing. Like, Nick Mullins is talented. He can have big games. But he also could throw four picks uh, with regularity. Um, there's plenty of other guys like that in the league. That kind of 25 to 40 best quarterbacks on the planet guys that can absolutely win games can rip you a 300 yard three touchdown no pick game every once in a while but over time if teams get tape on you in a scheme and see what you want to do they'll they're going to limit you to 170 one touchdown and two picks and that's going to kind of be the average day and that's not what you're looking for can that be enhanced to a 225 one touchdown one pick day if you have great talent around Sure. Can you win football games like that if your defense is fantastic? Absolutely. But is it it does it mean you should stop like just invest in that guy and stop searching for quarterback? No. But I do think it's good enough that you're not like we don't have a quarterback next year. We have to take someone at two. Like if you wanna if you wanna swing for Penix or Knicks or whoever later in the in the first round and trade back or trade back into the first round or hope that one of them falls to the early second, that's not the worst thing either uh that brings us to uh our buddy williams comment william uh bont rager uh 2349 says let's calm down well i agree that sam's play does fluctuate wildly based on opponent so does most quarterbacks the question is why does he fluctuate is it a fix fixable issue or an issue of lack of ability he threw, or will throw, for 4,000 yards and at least 20 touchdowns and at least 19 picks. That's not a great season, but it's not a terrible one either, considering. Can a new scheme, better line, and any kind of run game uh, pick or cut the picks in half and add 10 more TDs? If you can have a 4,000-yard, 30-touchdown, 10-interception quarterback, then that's the NFL's, or that's a top-10 NFL QB. If Caleb Williams falls in your lap, then okay, I got that. If not, and Marvin Harrison Jr. or a trade down that nets more than a 2025 first is on the table, then I take that over Mays or Daniels. Maybe you take a quarterback in the second or third to compete, but you give Howell another year in a new system. This is a plan that I'm actually more fine with than probably some people would imagine. Like if you can if you can trade down, get an elite player, get a second awesome pick for next year. You know, if New England wants to trade up uh, because they really love one of the quarterbacks or whatever. And you can stay in the top fives, top seven, and you draft a guy, you know, uh, I don't even know who the, the third rounders are this year, but maybe the top of the second, you can get Knicks or Penix. And you, those guys compete with Howell with the hope that eventually one of them takes over. And again, maybe Sam winds up winning the job by a distinct amount. And you do wind up with a guy who 
you know, in, in another year and a better running game and better players around him and a better line has a monster year. Because you're right. If you can get a 4,000-yard, 30-touchdown, 10-pick season out of this guy, then he's your guy. I just think that's unlikely. I think getting the picks down below 15 is going to be really hard. I think adding another 10 touchdowns is significant. That's like, you know, two every three games kind of kind of add here. Um, and I don't I don't know that that is there, um, especially if you're, you're talking about can the can the interceptions come way down if you add a run game? Sure. But part of the reason he has so many passing touchdowns because he got so many passing attempts. So all those stats are inflated. So if you cut the, the passing attempts down, can you get to 4,000? Are you efficient enough as a passer? Can you get to 30 touchdowns? Do you, do you have that big playability? He hasn't necessarily shown that despite the arm talent this year. He's missed a lot, uh, some opportunities down the field for a variety of reasons. And certainly a better offensive line could help enhance some of that. So it cuts both ways. Um, but at the end of the day, there's a lot. When you go to the first part of Williams' comment, is the is it a fixable issue or an issue of lack of ability? His career would tell you, despite the physical talents, despite some of the, the high-end stuff he does, it's a lack of ability in terms of consistency. And that feels so harsh because I really like Sam's makeup. I like his mentality. Like I, I like all that stuff. But if you just be like, hey, I'm going to be less empathetic. I'm going to be less uh, nice. I'm just going to harshly, and not harshly in terms of like, I'm going to be extra mean about it, but like, I'm not going to soften it. I'm just going to I'm going to give the evaluation. He's a guy that struggled throughout his entire career to throw with anticipation. He has been extremely dependent on the talent around him at Carolina. Um, and everyone likes to point to that senior year. It's like, oh, well, he ran more. And it's like, okay, if you stuck a super high-end quarterback, they would elevate lesser players, not be like, oh, we have to change the entire game. So there's like some there's some wiggle room on the argument for there. So he's relying on the talent around him. And he doesn't see the field great. Those were things that I was hoping earlier in the year would get better. They didn't, which is why we're here. Um, user, oh, these are my favorite, Anthony. User CX9ZU6CD9Z. When you sign up for YouTube, just put your name. Anthony, uh, you got, you're on YouTube, yeah? Yep. What's your, do you have a, a, a screen name handle? Like if you were to leave a comment, do you? Do you have a name or are you user blah, 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 blah? So this is the account that my brother and I made when I was 11 years old. And it's just oh. J, the capital letter N, Ant, and we were both born in 1996. So you're just J and Ant 1996. 1996. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good. It's nothing crazy, you know. It's better than user CX9ZU6CD9Z on the turbo. Ready? Yeah, that's call him the alphabet man. That's good gracious. It's a lot. It'd be great in Scrabble though. Got some X's, <laughs> got some got some Z's. Yeah. C's worth a nice amount of points. Uh -huh. Got a couple of those. Just saying. Good luck. Good luck putting that down on a Scrabble board without your uh, your family throwing the tiles at you. Yeah. Anyway, uh, his comment is: What happened to Sam not having a running game and now is shell shocked? Just last week, never given a good chance. Uh, sure did flip that quick, but I do listen to you. Thanks, user nine C whatever. Um, yeah, it. He he looked better this week. He looked really bad the week before. 
this is what happens. Again, like, I don't really understand folks who don't want to take in new information and pretend like it matters. Like, you, you take in more data points as they come, and that influences your decision. They, these things are fluid. Um, players grow, players regress, situations change or in terms of personnel around them. Like, there's a lot of things that go into these factors. So, like, yeah, he looked shell-shocked. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, yeah, I would start him in the finale because he looks really good and not looks really good, but he didn't look shell-shocked anymore. I think that there was like him getting benched, even though he didn't miss a game, was enough to kind of relieve the pressure mentally to get him back on track. So that's good, I guess. Uh, Mr. DCB215, let's say we draft a quarterback in the first round. Let's say that drafted quarterback performed the same way Hal has 20 TD passes, another five rushing through 19 interceptions, etc. Let's also say there was a brand new coordinator, one of the worst defenses in the league, and the team ended up winning four games at the end of the season. Would you say we need to move on? And I think this argument has been made a lot. So I, I'm hoping that everyone who is making this argument is going to listen to me when I tell you this very basic statement and then explanation. The basic statement is it's not the same. A fifth rounder going into year three is different than a first rounder going into year two. First, the contract, right? Contractually, first rounder, five-year contract. Five-year team control, good price. First four, excellent price. Fifth-year option, moderately expensive, but not nearly as expensive as a veteran quarter deal. Um, often, though, after your first four years, you wind up signing it to spread out the cap hit. Uh, on that fifth year and, and moving forward. So you get four years of, of really good price versus two years left on Sam of really good price. So that's, or three years left after a, a quarterback's rookie year as a first rounder. That's thing one. Thing two, and I cannot stress this enough, draft stock, draft position is not randomly assigned. It isn't like they, they did a lottery ball and they're like, Sam Howell, fifth rounder, Caleb Williams, first, Troy Aikman, first. No, professional scouts who are the best in the world at what they do looked at these players and said, this guy is probably going to be excellent. We should take him in the first round. Then they play out that rookie season and they show a lot of flashes of the thing that you thought. They hopefully over the course of that, the deficiencies that give you any kind of reservation dissipate and the player improves and progresses. And you're like, wow, this was a good investment. Hopefully he continues to do that and we can continue to improve the team around him and we'll win way more than four games. When a guy is a fifth round pick, he's a fifth round pick for a reason. There are def enough deficiencies, significant deficiencies in his game to drop him especially a guy who has the upside of Sam Howell from an arm talent standpoint down to the fifth round. And when you see those deficiencies play out and they are a big reason why he takes so many sacks, a big reason why he throws so many interceptions. Yes. Despite the other circumstances, then you go, Hey, we were probably right about this kid. A fifth round pick becoming a good backup is actually a good draft pick. We did success, but not miracle. And you keep searching. And I cannot stress enough that, yes, I understand the logic here. Because I do think when you look at Sam and you strip away the, the draft stack, stock, 
He's a 23-year-old kid who has shown incredible toughness and resilience and has shown some flashes and did show some growth in areas this year. Not Not as much as you'd like, but did show some. And in that way, giving him another year is not outrageous. So hear me out on that. It's not like you're an idiot for thinking this. You're not dumb. You don't know nothing about football. Not, not, not Whatever. It does mean, though, that it is probably worth looking somewhere else because it confirming the concerns that you had going in and the contract all of a sudden becomes an issue because in year three of four, if he is good next year, you have to, you're coming up on making a decision on paying him a ton of money versus a team that looks like it needs a substantial rebuild on some level, resetting the timeline and giving yourself a lot of flexibility in terms of resources to pay other guys and bring in key free agents at other positions to support a young quarterback for more years than just the two remaining on Howell's contract. That's where we end. Uh, never read the comments today. When we get back, Mitch Tischler joins us here on the Team 980.